morning, guys. My bodyguards follow me around everywhere. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, these are a couple of our key volunteers. We're going to hear from them in just a second. Um, Caleb and I have been talking about doing this message, actually about doing this service for a while, and we wanted to do it for a couple of reasons. One, we wanted to call attention to the awesome things that are happening in student ministries because it's important. We don't get to talk about that enough, that God is really moving inside of those. But also, uh, I think it's important to have a message or a Sunday every once in a while where we can remind ourselves that God uses everybody. Right? God uses everybody. My biggest pet peeve is when people discount themselves or others from being used by God. When they, because of age, because of personality, because of disability, whatever, they say, no, I can't. They can find the reasons why not. Um, been to a lot of student ministries around the nation, and there's, not all the time, but a lot of time, there's this underlying message or an underlying belief that what student ministry is, is babysitting these students, just making sure that they don't do anything too bad, right? that they're not too far gone, so that one day maybe God can use them on down the line. And what we see is that oftentimes our belief or doubt that we have that God can use students reflects our belief or doubt that God can use us, right? We see the things that we aren't more than we see the things that we are. We see the things that the students aren't more than we see the things that they are. So I invited two friends up here today. Uh, This is Sharice and Alex. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just asked them to share a little bit about their experience with youth. Hello, I'm Sharice. I've been attending Mariners since I was a senior in high school. At the beginning of the high school ministry, There were only a few students, but I still went because every time I walked through the door, I felt loved and cared for. Throughout my senior year of going, I felt more and more at peace, even though there was more uncertainty happening in my life. I felt like I wasn't able to finish high school because my health was unstable and doctors didn't know exactly what was going on or how to help me. I was able to go every Wednesday knowing that there was a leader there sincerely wanting to know how I was doing. There were a few times when a leader would stay after group ended to see how I was doing and pray with me. It helped my entire week. Those leaders are still in my life, walking with me and caring for me as I'm now a freshman in college going through new obstacles. (laughs) They were also the leaders who encouraged me when I felt like God was calling me to be a junior high leader. I was so uncertain. I felt so inadequate to help junior hires and that I had nothing to offer. I was wrong. God has shown me such incredible things through each student. It has come full circle. I was impacted by the leaders who cared, and now I want to have that kind of influence in someone else's life. I'm excited to see how God uses this ministry and who he'll call to be a part of it. Recently, our junior high went on a weekend camp, and I had the chance to get to know Alex. Thanks, Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, good morning, and my name is Alex Hisa, and I've been part of this church for about a year. My wife and I, uh, Linda, and we had 
have two daughters, uh, Ashley, 17, and Sabrina, 13. Um, so when I got the email from Graham uh, through the men's ministry uh, for looking for volunteers for this, I definitely wasn't sure that I wanted to do it for all the reasons that Graham said, you know, I'm not qualified, no experience, and probably not the right guy, but uh, um, um, uh, let's see. I got my notes. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I prayed about it. My wife encouraged me to, to go ahead and pray, and, and I knew that God wanted me there for some reason, and so I did volunteer, um, and then I found out it was in Lancaster, and it was going to be 30 degrees, so I definitely wanted to change my mind. We leave that out of the initial email, <laughs> typically. Yeah. But uh, we had a meeting, a pre-travel meeting, and, and Graham said something to me that, you know, stuck with, with me through the whole trip that, you know, don't worry about it. You know, God is going to bless you. He's going to give you the energy and, and the focus, and he's going to bless you tremendously. He's going to use you in big ways. I had just uh, gotten into a surfing accident, so my, my shoulder was kind of messed up. So, but I took a step of faith, and I volunteered. I, I, I went to the trip, and I went there with the mindset that I was going to be blessed. I was going to be, uh, you know, blessing others and serving. But well, what actually happened is I was blessed by guys like um, Andy over here, um, just watching the enthusiasm and the energy and all the leaders, Tessa, uh, Sally, uh, of course, Cherise, uh, Javier, and Josh. Uh, I don't know if you guys are here, but I was so blessed to watch you guys, and I, I saw God working through you, and it was such a blessing. I, I, I definitely recommend if anybody's ever got an opportunity to serve, just step out there. Even if you're not qualified like me, just do it. And you, you'll be blessed tremendously. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks, guys. Pretty awesome, huh? Um, here's what I love. Here are two people that had no idea what was going to happen, right? It wasn't that God said, do this and this is going to happen. God simply said, here's an opportunity. Are you willing to step in? And they did, and then God used them. We're coming up on Christmas. Christmas is this week. He's like, have you gotten all your shopping done? I was like, oh, shopping. That's right. That's the thing. <laughs> That sounds important. All my kids, they don't even have memories yet, so who cares? You know, whatever. Here's some tin foil. Go play in the corner. Um, but we're coming up on Christmas, and uh, on Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? This is the time when Jesus, who is God, humbled himself to come to earth. And the Bible says that, that Jesus was fully God but he humbled himself to be fully man. Something else that we need to understand is that the prophesying about the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus had been foretold for thousands and thousands of years. Generations and generations had said, there's one who's coming. The Savior of mankind is coming. The Messiah the chosen one is coming to restore order to the world, to make things right. And there was so much anticipation. Finally, the Savior of the world is here. 
And I was reading through the Christmas story this past week, and something hit me that hasn't hit me that way in a while. And I realized all that anticipation, the Savior of the world, and who was the Savior of the world entrusted to here on earth? If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, which means engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. All right, so traditionally in this time, marriages are arranged, and there is this betrothing or engagement period of about a year that happens before the marriage. Now, in this time, in this year gap, is your opportunity to prove to your future spouse your loyalty or your fidelity, right? It's also the time that you are, it's a preparatory time where you prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, psychologically to be joined with this person for the rest of your life. So it's a big, a big time. It's a big deal, that engagement period. And in that year where you're supposed to be proving your loyalty or fidelity to your spouse, the angel shows up to Mary. Um, And he, the angel Gabriel, came to her saying, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, historically, the average age of a young woman betrothed to her husband in that day was 13. 13! <laughs> that summer, giving the announcements, right? Don't get any ideas, Summer, if you're out there. I'm just saying. But 13, the savior of the world is entrusted to this 13-year-old girl. How crazy is that? And and we're not just talking about, you know, the miracle of birth, which I personally have seen far too much of, believe that. (laughs) I'll be okay never seeing that again, but we're not just talking about the actual birth. We're... We're talking about raising the Son of God. This 13-year-old girl is raising Jesus. Jesus has made himself vulnerable enough to be dependent on a 13-year-old girl's maternal instincts. I think this tells us a couple things. One is that we as a society don't believe enough in our youth, right? (laughs) The capability of our youth. 
But also, it, it shows us that God values faith. God uses it and values faith. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Right? This is your show. I'm here to play my part. In my opinion, faith, what God uses, what God values, faith is probably the number one thing that goes against the current of society these days. Because we live in a culture of fear, right? Everything about this culture is, is fear. It controls with fear. It thrives on fear. It needs fear. And, and it's a culture that would rather warn of the dangers of than, you know, empower for the victory in. And I've seen the product of that environment. I've seen students that show up who are fearful and timid and insecure, and they just feel worthless, like there's nothing I have to offer. I could never be used, right? This, I, I'm a mistake. God can't use me. Their identities fluctuate with their actions, and all the ways that we instill fear in our children, the ways that we speak fear over our own lives, it essentially talks us out of playing the role that God has created us for. God has a very specific thing for us to do, and by talking fear over ourselves, we talk ourselves out of it. No, there's no way we could ever do that. There's, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea who I am. That sounds impossible. I can't do it. We talk ourselves out of it. We want to be a church. We want to be people who are not full of fear. We want to be a church. We want to be people who are full of faith. We want to have faith in what God is doing, right? You think that God is afraid of the situations our students are in? You think that God is nervous about high school time for our students? Do you think that God is afraid of the situations that you are in? Right. Whatever that is. I know there's rocky relationships, unemployment. Maybe it's good stuff, right? Maybe there's a new promotion or a new business venture, whatever it is. God is not afraid of the situations that you're in. God is ready to unleash you to impact the people around you for good. If I say that God is ready to unleash you, how does that set? Because a lot of people are like, well, <laughs> unleash, what do you, hey now, normal guy here, normal, normal way, I'm not Bono, right? I'm not, you get me up on stage, I'm going to urinate on myself, like, <laughs> you're not unleashing anything here, Okay. The boldest I get is like extra croutons on my salad. <laughs> I'm not ready to be unleashed on this world, whatever that means. If that's you, let's talk for a second. Open up to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Probably my favorite passage in scripture right here, by the way. The parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents went and made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground 
and hid his master's money. Now, in that time, a talent would be like a bag of money, okay, a, a pretty good sum of money. It's a metaphor for other things, but that's what it, it literally means. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. Read this with me. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, scared, right, trembling. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. So a couple things that we pull from this. One, the man who was given five talents, he doubled it, making it ten talents, and the master said what? Well done, good and faithful servant, right? Good job, buddy, you've done it. The guy with two talents went, doubled it, made it four, and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. So the first lesson is, you are not responsible for what God has given somebody else. You are not responsible for what somebody else has. Right? When the guy who was given two talents comes back, doubled it, made it four, the master didn't say, what gives, buddy? Why aren't you making ten like homeboy over there? Right? That's not what he said. He said, well done. I have given you two. You doubled it. You are faithful with what I've given you. I'm not responsible for what God has given somebody else. Right? I'm responsible for what God has given me in this time. Talents, my blessings, my personality, the way that God has crafted me, he has designed me to play a role. I'm responsible for what God has given me in my life. And he's asking very simply, what I've given you, Graham, are you faithful with that? Have you been, re been responsible for that? I'm responsible over an incredible student ministry here. I have a beautiful family. I'm not responsible for this over here, right? I don't have to change who I am. God is very simply saying to you, what are you doing with what I have given you? That's what you're responsible for. There are probably some people in here who have maybe felt a little bit of stir towards youth ministry, even in this service, and you felt that maybe God is calling you to walk alongside the next generation, to be able to pour into them and to love them. But student ministry is not for everybody, right? Student ministry might not be for you, but there's something for you. That's point two. Point two is everybody has been given something. Everybody has been given something. The person in the story who did nothing with what they've been given was a person that thought, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. One talent guy, who cares? doesn't matter if I show up or not, right? I'm not, I'm not this guy with 10 talents. I'm not, I'm not Steph Curry, 
from the warriors, you know, there aren't millions of people listening to me talk about Jesus. Like, who cares if I even show up? And God is saying it has nothing to do with better or worse. I don't create better or worse. I, I am a, an orchestrator. I'm a placer. I am a creator. We say all the time in the youth that it's like a puzzle, right? That God is making this picture with a puzzle, and we are all puzzle pieces. And God doesn't create better or worse puzzle pieces. There's no such thing. There's only different. God is creating a picture in this church. God is creating a picture in your families. God is creating a picture in this city that is dependent on us playing the part that God has called us to. Today, he's asking you, what have I given you? What are you doing with the gifts and the talents that I've given you? Our volunteers were scared to death. Mary was scared to death. And very simply said, God, whatever you have, I'm willing to take a step towards it. Whatever you're pressing on my heart, I'm willing to take a step towards it. And your outline, there's three blanks there. Um, if you'll pull that out. And it says right above it, God has gifted me in the following ways. God has gifted me in the following ways. I want you to actually fill this out. Um, if, you can't, if you can't write down or think up three ways that God has uniquely gifted you, you need more practice, frankly. Um, because we all need practice looking at how beautifully and uniquely God has created us, Right? says that God knows the hairs on our heads, that we were knit together. We were God's idea. In our mother's womb, he intentionally created us. He has created everything about you on purpose, beautifully designed. And when we can see how God has created us, we are willing to take a step forward to play the part that God is calling us to. I believe that the best part of youth ministry, my favorite part of youth ministry, is empowering these students, being able to walk alongside parents to identify, to call out the unique gifts and talents that God's created in our students. And to say, this isn't a down-the-road type of thing. This isn't a wait-till-later type of thing. You right now are a very important piece of the puzzle. God is using you in the way that he's crafted you today to make an impact. For you, for me, for us. We are vital pieces of the puzzle. Maybe it's time today, in these next couple blanks, we're going to take it a step further. If you look down, it says, I'm leveraging these gifts to serve others in the following ways. I'm leveraging these gifts to serve others in the following ways. Maybe it's time that we add a little bit of practicality to the beauty that God has designed us with. We say, God, how are you pressing on my heart to step in today? How are you calling me to be used? He's painting a picture, and he's using us as the puzzle pieces. We just have to step forward and play that role. Let's pray. Lord, right now we just sit here in this moment, and we just ask for you to press on us. 
to call out with, within us, to stir up inside of us the things that you have beautifully designed in us. What are you calling us to? What are, you, what are we excited about? What passions have you designed inside of us? We want to respond to your beckoning, respond to your calling, and just say very simply, what you have given us, we want to be faithful with. We want to use in the lives around us. Father, I believe that we are going to become a church that is on the forefront of impact in the community. And when people think about the people in this church, when they think about Mary's Huntington Beach, that they see us as a group that goes against the current of society, that speaks against the fear that controls lives, that we are full of faith, that we trust the plans that you have for us. You begin to give us more and more responsibility as we're faithful with more. And in a movement, you're going to excite this passion in our souls to be used by you. Use us as your beautiful pieces of the puzzle. We trust your plans for us. In your name, amen.